0: Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact show. Welcome to 2022. I know that we came back last week with a bit of a intention setting for the year, but I thought I'm going to say again, welcome to a brand new year, welcome to a brand new season of the show. I genuinely cannot believe it were past 100 episodes, it's crazy, and for the first time ever, after literally over 100 episodes, somebody asks me the final question of the podcast. So if you want to know who I would go to brunch with, then listen all the way through this interview with the lovely Tuvali. Before I jump on and tell a bit about Tova, I want to remind you that we are back, and we're back rocking and rolling So much so that we actually have something very exciting for you. We just revamped all of our bundles and now we collaborated with incredible experts to bring you some top-notch workshops on topics such as PR, media, sales, finances, and so much more. If you want to learn from the experts and even get some special bonuses from us and the team, you can go to creativeimpact.org/group/slash. Bundles to find out more about our rebranded, refreshed, revamped, new, incredible on-demand bundles and workshops. Today we're going to be talking about honesting your online voice with Toba Lee, and it's a really great way to start this new season because Toba was one of our awards winners from 2021. She won indeed with her book, which is "You Did What," which we're going to talk about today. And in this conversation, we are really talk about how to manage your energies, when online work can be challenging. We also talk about the power of your online voice, why vulnerability matters, and also the reasons why we should take sometimes ourselves a little less seriously. If you don't know Tova, then let me fill you in. She was born in Israel. She practiced law and worked as an employment attorney for two years before moving to the UK in 2006 to pursue a career in performing arts. She first started a successful blog, after that she then proceeded to become an online sensation and in March 2019 she released her first book, Fucked at 40, Life Beyond Suburban, Monogamy and Stretch Marks. This was an incredible roaring success, which led her a couple of years later to publish her brand new book, You Did What?, a collection of funny and outrageous confessions from everyday people from around the world. And this one was indeed the winner of the 2021 Creative Impact Awards category book. So today we're going to talk about the book, we're going to talk about struggles, vulnerability and so much more. Season 6 has begun, the year has begun, it's now time to take 2022 and show it what we've got. And we're starting out right now with today's episode. (music) Good day everyone and good day toba again how are we doing today
1: really good the sun's shining I have no complaints
0: <laughs> well I'm so excited to have you and to chat with you and not just because as I was saying before we jumped on I've been following your content for a while um, being fellow I, I, we have the same publisher so I was introduced to a lot of incredible authors including yourself but also because we had the pleasure to have you shortlisted for our awards and somewhere in the house there might even be a little trophy hopefully has arrived uh for your incredible second book which we're going to talk about today as well so thank you so much for being here thank you it's my first uh, trophy i'm very proud of it Wait, i'm
1: <laughs> being uh, handed the trophy as we speak there we go
0: <laughs> yay bless you I love that i love that you know what even if a lot of people might already know who you are Whenever we have a new episode, we always start with some icebreakers questions. So sure. I'm going to throw us straight into these. It's just to get to know you a bit better and to kind of set the scene of where we're going to go today. Got three questions. Are we ready? Yes. All right. The first one is an interesting one. Tova, what is a trivia category that you would be really good at and why? A trigger
1: category. What is a trigger category? Trivia oh trivia sorry oh god that i'd be really good at <laughs> what would be a trivia hey? like food <laughs> food maybe yes is that I, a I, com-
0: I, yes you can make your own to be honest so if you feel like you can go food from the world or like specific foods you can even do that if you want let's do food i feel very confident <laughs> Is that? Can you think of like? Is there a specific food that I like would we'll say? Actually, if, if we go for like, I don't know, cuisine from the seventies. That's a weird one. Wait, oh. are you gonna actually now quiz me about food? Because now I'm really excited. Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I didn't want to tell you, but it's actually the podcast format.
1: <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's so funny. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a real foodie. And I feel like I know my foods. And you know what? I This is so great because I never thought I had a category that I'd be good at. And it suddenly came to me. It's like, what? You know, <laughs> forget science, politics, no history, just
0: food. Ask me anything. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're who wants to be a millionaire, like, like specific category. Now you've got a nasal see So. You're welcome. But I mean, food is also one of my loves. So, again, sometimes I do feel I would know more than what I, I give away. So, I love that. Now, something that actually goes a bit more into memory lane. So, that's my second question for you is thinking about something from your past. So, your first ever job, what was it? And what did you learn from it? Oh, my God. Okay. I think my first ever
1: job, I was a, Uh, I worked in a hotel as a a switchboard, you know, on the switchboard, right? Uh, So taking calls. And it was like old fashioned switchboard, not so much with the plugs in, but it was like this big phone. And you, anyway, it was very similar. And maybe people don't realize, and I wonder if people, if you could still do it now, but we would basically eavesdrop on people's conversations because <laughs> this is before mobile phones. So people still talked on the phone. Yeah. Cause otherwise it was very boring. So that was my, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That was my first job. Is there
0: yeah. any, is there any conversation that's stuck into your head or anything that you kind of had and you shouldn't have? Totally. Like it's actually
1: funny because it somehow links to the confession book that we're going to talk about, but it really was like that. There's so many secrets revealed people living double lives, cheating on their wives. I mean, it was there was everything there. Honestly, honestly. (laughs) I love that. I love that he kind of connects back as well. I feel like it was a summer job. I think I was about 14. Yeah,
0: probably really inappropriate, but (laughs) past the time. (laughs) I love that. And it kind of almost gives us, gets us back again, as you said, to what you're doing now. And so, kind of spinning off with my last question, kind of going back from this would be actually, how do you think, how actually, no, let's put it this way. What does making an impact mean to you? Let's do it this way. And why? So, if I said making an impact, what does that mean to you specifically? And why is that?
1: I think for me, it's about, using the voice that you have to sort of uh, raise awareness and talk about things that you are passionate about and that you want to improve or to highlight. And I think that, you know, it's not always easy to do. And sometimes also, I mean, I think sometimes that uh, you think, Oh, what difference can I make? Cause you're, you know, cause maybe you're, you don't feel like you can have a big impact, but actually I feel Anytime you vocalize, anytime you highlight something, even if you don't have a big platform, even if you don't have a lot of audience, it doesn't matter. Because, you know, sometimes I, you know, obviously with what I do, some of my videos go very far and they reach a lot of people. So you think, oh, that had a big impact because I see the numbers, right? And we get caught up in those numbers. And sometimes I'll post something and it doesn't do so well. And I think, mm, you know, that didn't do well. but then I'll get I'll get one single message from a person, and it's going going to be a really long message to tell me how what I said or what I wrote really impacted them. and you and that's impact, you know when you when you manage to touch someone in that way where it was so significant to them. and it happens the other way around as well. You know, sometimes uh, people will say stuff to me. And it has a massive impact, more than they will ever know. So I just think it's about using your voice. If you have something nice to say or something important to say, then say it
0: because <laughs> you never know who's listening. That's very true. And, and I love what you reminded us of there, which is is the cautionary tale of the loop living online, I guess, of having an online presence and being able to share our voice there is is easy to get caught up in the numbers because sometimes quantity gives us a perception. But then I love what you reminded us of that is like if you get one person to think about something to spark their own conversation or to change their mind about something as well. You know, one of the hardest things is actually to remember that our audiences, even if they're quite vocal, we tend to be passive users of anything. We just is unlikely we're going to jump on and respond to anything unless you're me. I'm literally the hype girl. If you ever need me to be a hype girl, I'm there. But that's just my personality. That's the Italian in me comes out. But, you know, I find that it can be really hard for for a lot of people. And it almost goes back to actually your book and obviously the latest book, which is what we're talking about. So, So you did what? Which is. It almost reminds us that when we're given a safe space to share, even the people that maybe are not so open or not so ready to do, there's a sort of like liberating feeling around it, And it goes back to the switchboard (laughs) and kind of asking you, I just love that again, because I'm literally imagining the plugs and if you say it's not like that. And I was (laughs) going to ask you actually about the book and about do you find... Or did you get feedback around actually the sharing being also a freeing experience for some people being able to actually say something that they were waiting for, for such a long time? Yeah. And I mean, the book,
1: You Did What, which is a collection of confessions, was born exactly because of that idea. So apart from it, I think being quite fun and like a fun book to read, because a lot of the stories and confessions are funny. I really did hope that the, the, the deeper level of it would be just this kind of liberation that you can tell your secret and put it out there and, and, and actually realize that you're not alone. The way I selected the confessions in the book was that each of them really represents a whole array of confessions that were very similar. So anybody who reads the book and sees a confession and thinks, Oh God, I I do that. Or I've had that experience. Oh God. So maybe there's just one other person in the world. There, there are more than one person. That's my point that there were a lot of people that said something similar. And I think it does give people comfort knowing that they are not alone. uh, So it makes people feel normal. And maybe if it was something embarrassing, uh, and maybe it just doesn't sound so bad because I think things that sound so much worse in our head. It's like the worrying before you do something. So it's exactly the same. You know, you have a secret, you, you're you scared that what does it mean? And maybe people will judge you and maybe people will, won't want to be your friends anymore. I don't know what. But then when it's out there, whatever consequences there are, you deal with them, you know? And, um, and nine times out of 10, It's much worse in your head than it actually was, you know, when you said it out loud. And I know this from my own experience, because I feel like um, even with the stuff that I do online, sometimes I will say stuff online or even in my in my personal life to friends that are a bit out of the box or maybe not the the sort of the, you know, the norm kind of whatever. And I'm worried. I don't know how this is going to go down. What are they going to think? Are they going to judge me? And I, it's always met with actual acceptance because I I think people do appreciate vulnerability because it's rare. And I think people uh, appreciate when they see someone human, uh, you know, not, do you know what I mean? Like struggling uh, and actually it's met with a lot of acceptance and, and love and it always makes me feel better. So I'm hoping that that's what people will take away from the book as well, apart
0: from also laughing because it's funny (laughs) i was gonna say that as well i think what i love is that you also bring the element of of levity with the book and with the stories as well and it's almost and again that's what i wanted to ask you because it comes across we talked about like using your voice and so it comes across a lot from what you post and the way that you share things is almost like understanding that some things are serious and as you said a lot of things are more serious so we feel there are a lot more I'm gonna say important but again just for context because I want to explain we feel like they might them might have a heavier weight on our head and as you said as soon as we let them out that actually actually that is quite funny because there's a bit of distances that we can put on so I was kind of wondering do you find that that's something that also I guess you to actually write the book was thinking oh Actually, I, I can take these situations and add a bit of levity. What would happen if I encourage other people to do the same? Almost. So what with with stuff that was in the book or stuff in my life? I guess more about starting from the the, the things and the content that you've been sharing yourself first online and seeing how that was re- received, and then Maybe- be like actually never
1: about like uh, saying to people oh this is what i do or what works for me and maybe you should do it i don't i never i hope i never come across as like trying to give advice because i'm not an expert on anything so like i wouldn't want anyone to take my advice as expert advice uh, but i think that it's worth i like to start conversations about things i i like to per- i like for myself the idea that there isn't just one way of doing things. And I wasn't always like that. I think I was very kind of following, you know, sort of like, I, di- I didn't actually see it, if I'm being honest, before I was 40. So my first book, F at 40, or "Fucked at 40, I don't know if it's okay to say this, but that is my first book. And that is very much about a real turning point in my life. So it was like, I was 42, actually, but uh, 40 is a cooler number than 42. Uh, so it was, I was 42. And I had a real midlife crisis. And one of the key elements of that crisis was breaking down those walls and that I had put myself in, in a sense that I didn't ask questions. Why am I living like this? Like, does this work for me? You know, did I choose this? And I think most of us don't do that. Like you, you don't ask yourself, you just, you just go from day to day and, Do you know what I mean? And you have a plan and you always knew that this was what you were going to do. And then and I, I don't know, I hope I think young people today are probably very different from my generation. I think even the approach towards careers today are so different. People no longer think about, here's what I'm going to do for the next 60 years, and then I'll retire. They're like, people are changing careers. They're what's good, what suits you at 20, how, you know, might not suit you at 40, and actually most likely will not suit you at 40. So I think people are more open to that idea of evolving, changing, and maybe, you know, in in all aspects of life. But I don't think for my generation, that was a given. So for me, when I present things online, it's more from that place of like, let's ask a question. You might go away and think, no, I'm happy with this. This still suits me. Like I'm good. But at least you ask the question, you know, so that's kind of
0: more how I
1: approach things, I think.
0: I love that you mentioned about the changes and the evolution, because I think it's been something that as you said, like different generations I've had there, like my generation, which is just one step down, yours was starting that and still tiptoeing around it. And it wasn't as widely accepted. And then again, now it's a lot, there's a lot more will to play and try, which I appreciate because it is, you know, it's that self-awareness that, as you said, even I wish I had at some point during my journey. But what I want actually ask you to ask you when it comes to evolution is how have you found Especially as you say, like with the the Factor 40 and then everything else, how have you found that your online voice has evolved? And, you know, even if it's the stand up, maybe even so like, you know, just presenting yourself, how do you find it has evolved from when you started and when you kind of dabble with it all the way up until now and the recent years? I mean, I think it's totally
1: changed and I think it's constantly changing. And by the way, again, I think it doesn't fit the mold because actually we still live in a world where people are told to stay in their lane, have a niche, they say, have a niche, You need to have a niche, like you need to have a thing. You know, are you doing, are you a food page or are you a travel page? Or are you doing motherhood? Like you can't do everything, you know, that's too scattered. It's too confusing. I don't understand how you can't do more than one thing because I don't, because we're human beings, like we are so complex. I don't just have one interest. I have loads of different interests and they change, you know, and they're gonna carry on changing. And you know, I think that if I had probably stuck to where I started, which was parenting, you know, I probably, my platforms probably would have been much bigger because the way it happens with me is it fluctuates, you know, you've got your parenting and then they come, oh God, she's talking about feminism now. Like I didn't sign up for this. Like, I'm not sure. Do you know what I mean? And there's that, it kind of, there's audiences that like different aspects of what I do But those who know me well know that that's what you get. You know, I I couldn't do it any other way. And I have to follow like my heart and my passion and my true interests. So when I started off, it was very much motherhood and parenting because I had three very, very young children. And that was my whole world at the time. And I was really struggling. And it was it came from that sort of place. But now you know, we're at the sweet spot. My daughters are ten and and eight, and they're awesome, uh, and they're still not annoying teenagers. And um, I don't I don't have a need to talk about them anymore because that's not the thing that's sort of taking up so much of my time and my thoughts. So it evolved. It evolved into. Like I said, at 40, there was a massive shift in the content and it went towards, okay, I'm a mom, but now my kids are five. They can wipe their bums. They don't need me for every single thing anymore. And I had a moment to look myself, look at myself in the mirror and go, oh God, who am I now? Like what's left of me before the mom? And so the, the content evolved into very much that uh, trying to discover, rediscover who I was and, and, um, you know, it was all about finding my sexuality again as a woman and, and just all of that. And then now I feel like it's, I do, I do a little bit of everything still, but I think I'm gearing more towards women's rights at the moment. I talk a lot about feminism and sexism and, you know, I've made so much, so many, um, videos about rape culture and about rape laws and these are the things that are interesting me now. And I think the fact that I am a mom of three girls probably is at the heart of so much of what I do. But I try to keep the content, like I said, varied because that's what I like. I don't just like one type of thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I again I've been I've been doing this for about nine years, especially in my marketing by by trade and background. So I understand what you're saying about that that advice that you will get about niching down and focusing on one thing. What I've been refreshingly seeing as a difference, and I'm wondering whether it did come through the rise of TikTok, which I know you're really active on, and other platforms like that, and maybe a younger generation coming into play. But I can see that from the fact that people watch more stories, the fact that people watch more videos, there has been a shift in the users to actually be wanting a bit more of The raw experience of who the person is, they're connecting more with the creators and the individuals, which I think, again, it goes to benefit to what you just said, because there was a lot of pressure to fit a specific mold. And I think a lot of people are realizing that social media is social, but also it's not the real social. And so adding, I'm going to say social again, adding the social back into it. I think is what is connecting people with, you know, people more with other creators on a more one-to-one level and be like, Oh, actually I do enjoy this because I get an understanding of who you are. And as you say, showcasing a bit more of your vulnerability, which I think helps with everything that you do as well, but especially also thinking about you did what the book. There's a yeah. big difference in that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, ha- I like social media in, in the aspect of like creating content. My idea of content is very it's very specific. I don't consider stories to be, I mean, it is content, but it, it for me, it's not the type of content I enjoy or I like doing and I don't do a lot of it. I don't, I, you don't really get an idea of who people are even through stories and even people who do like 36 slides a day. You know, it's very contrived. It really is, you know, and people are very good at it. They're good at making it look like it's very real and it's natural and it's off the cuff. But even those people probably shoot the same story five times before they get it exactly right. And, you know, and it's not it's not as spontaneous as it looks. Um, But also I, I for me, I like interacting with the with the community, with my community, but I much prefer doing it through my posts that I put out there, because that's like my letters to them. That's like my, so even if it's a video, it's still something that I've put out there for them to see. It's a message. It's a letter. It's for them. And then I'll get DMs. I do actually go through my DMs quite a bit. Like I'm one of those people who does get back to as many people as I can, because that to me is more personal. Like I don't need them to see me in my house, what I had for breakfast. I don't know what value that adds to people. People's lives, seeing you know me, you know at the supermarket. Like, who cares? I I don't I don't understand that so much. Um, and I try to do. I used to do very consistency, uh, very consistent lives on Facebook, and I've gone back to doing that. And that's an opportunity to sit there and just really chat to people. I have seen. Uh, on TikTok, you mentioned people who just put a camera on and they're live like all day just in their flat, you know, reading a paper. And they obviously do the stars. So they are getting they're getting money for it. And that's why they're doing it. I, it's not for me. Those type of things like, you know, uh, and and my my favorite thing is when I do the live shows is actually meeting people in person because it's so great. You know, it's so great they say like social media keeps us connected, but at the end of the day, it's just tiny icons on a screen and a a funny weird name that I can never pronounce. And then (laughs) some comments, but you don't know the person, you don't know who they are. You know, you don't know anything. And it's so lovely to meet people in person.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of us have missed that as well. And we came to realize we knew that we were going to, but I think, especially as when you want to connect with others or when you are a person that anyway craves that connection and community as you say you will feel the difference and it's again welcome now that you can actually do create that connection again in person because it is different and I wanted to ask you actually this is more for I guess the online space probably also in person it works as well but I was wondering when you are Um, giving so much when you are you know showing up so much even whether it's responding to dms or showing up or posting or going live how do you protect and cherish your energies and yourself i guess Uh when maybe things are too much when you need to take a step back because i think we kind of know it like subconsciously but it's kind of nice to be able to hear it again because some people still struggle to remind themselves that they can step back or they can find their ways for those challenging times I mean, I think there's loads of things to that question. It's a really great question. I think that,
1: first of all, you have to understand some people do social media as a job. You know, like, I am very honest about this. For me, this has become my full-time job. I earn my living from the work that I do online. And as such, I treat it as a work. It's work. It's work I enjoy, but it's work, you know? Uh, So I think to and don't get me wrong like i I'll, I'll i'll get to the other part of the question where i i i fail miserably at putting those boundaries okay so please i'd i'd like to say that in advance okay but my point is that if you're doing it as a hobby like if it's just something you do cuz you know it's fun to make videos and like chat to people online la 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 then i i don't think anybody should put pressure on themselves uh, in terms of how consistent they are, and in terms of how much content they're putting out, there. like I sometimes speak to people who are doing it not because they 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 make a living from it; they're just doing it for fun, uh, and they're they put so much pressure on themselves. You know what I'm thinking? But why? It's just a hobby. Like you're, it's like me going to an art class just for fun, but really, really being hard on myself that I didn't complete the assignment at home. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't practice. I I just don't understand. So that's one thing. Now, uh, for me, I can say that it's it's a learning curve. I'm hoping I'm getting better at it. There have been times that I have worked too much and then felt like, oh, God, you know, felt like I really needed to step back. And I've done that a few times. But I hope I'm getting better. I think, yes, you can't. When your job is you, like you bringing from yourself constantly, that can get very, very draining. But one of the one of the ways, by the way, to relieve that is by it not just being you. So for example, I love our podcast. Me and my husband, Mike, have the podcast called "F Do Us Pod. And for a while, it was just us two. And I found that difficult because like you said, every week you have to show up, bring content, bring ideas. Gear up a conversation, and sometimes you don't have anything to talk about, and sometimes it just feels really forced and it can suck out all the fun. So, we changed our format and decided to bring in guests, and that really helped because suddenly there's another person and it's a new person that you want to discover things about. So, I think collaborations in general are great. I have a, um, a really good friend, Rena O'Connor, uh, the unnatural woman who I do loads of videos with. Um, and like me, she's a former actress. So we love working together. It really is about the love. When I do stuff with her, it's it's not about the making a living or anything like that. It really is about the love. and And that fills me with energy. And I think collaborating with people is a good way to then not feel like you have to always just bring from yourself yeah so that's 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 a good I, I you know that's something I'm
0: getting better at at doing and as you say is it, because it's also your job and like in any job even if it's what you love which and yeah. um, there's a contentious do what you love and you never work a day in your life and I'm kind of like hey eh, you you still work you enjoy it but that's why it's important to remember that you know when you create those those boundaries in whichever ways and you find ways to make it easier, more enjoyable. And you understand what do you need more of, even when it's something that you love, whether it's, as you say, bringing other people in and sometimes doing things just for fun, I think is a great reminder because sometimes we forget that as well.
1: Yeah. And also I don't think people understand, like there is such a beast out there, you know, the algorithm is a beast and uh, anybody who creates content on social media knows, knows how hungry that beast is. And I think if you get caught up in it, you start working for that. You know, like everybody knows, oh God, I need to post something because otherwise the algorithm's gonna go down and my engagement will go down. And then you know, and then uh, it's like this, uh it's mind, it's it, honestly mind numbing. I feel like I'm I'm quite lucky because I like creating different types of content. So I I don't just do video or I don't just write posts. I have a combo of quite a lot of different types of content. So, you know, whereas video takes a long time to create and it's a longer process to write a post with a beautiful picture for me is a quicker, is, is easier and it's more accessible. So you know, I, I feel less that kind of worry, but but it can get
0: really, really stressful for a lot of people. So, yeah. <laughs> Tova, thank you so much for being with us today. I have one more question for you, which is a bit of a left field one, just to finish off. We ask it everyone. So I shall ask it to you as well. And it's the hardest question also I've been told, which is, <clears> Tova, <throat> if you had to choose one person, one, dead or alive, to have brunch with who would this person be and why oh god
1: I've been asked this question so many times and I always I never have a good answer (laughs) one person to have dinner with I'm so sorry I feel like I'm gonna sit here now forever and just try and think I don't know who would I have dinner with Wait, did we say dinner or was it a drink? What was it?
0: It would be more like brunch, so more like you know, weekend chill. You got time, you're gonna have food like at 12 o'clock. You're gonna sound around somewhere. Wow, still no
1: answer, though. <laughs> still doesn't
0: help, that's it. It's like, yeah, you it know, doesn't help, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Oh, I'm so lame. I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. I can't think of any one person. There's so many. I'm trying to think like, I don't know. I'd love to have brunch with Michelle Obama. Obviously I love to have lunch with who else? Madonna, of course, you know, but then again, I feel, I feel bad for lady Gaga. Cause like, how do I do a lunch with Madonna? And I don't know. I feel there's going to be a list of women, but it's you know, a girl gang kind of vibe like a lot yeah i have to have a brunch with a whole bunch of people
0: <laughs> and i mean like lady gaga sitting next to michelle obama i'm digging that i'm digging that we can we can go with that I,
1: that's a brunch to go to
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> who would who would you uh have your brunch with i'm curious you know almost a hundred episodes and nobody has asked me that so oh. <laughs> to you um probably jim morrison oh wow Of the doors. You knew exactly who? That's so great. Like, if
1: I asked my husband that question, hands down, he would immediately say David Bowie. Like, not even that. So clear to me. You know, he would have that one person. Why don't I have a one person? That's (laughs) amazing.
0: I will tell but- you this though. Like I came up with this um with this question ages ago when I was talking to somebody and we said, Well, we were in a pub and we said, Well, if we could have a conversation with somebody that was there to though in that case, who would it be? And so when I thought about a question to end the podcast, I was like, I knew already what this person would be for me. And even yeah. if I have other people, then I'm like, Yeah, but they're still alive and Jim Morrison is not. And I don't know, don't know what happened. So that's probably the only reason why it's yeah. easy for me because I thought about it after I answered it myself. So but Yeah, thank you for asking. Nobody did. So (laughs) that's a plus. But if people want to find out more about you and they want to check you out, want to find out more about the book, can you remind us where we should go? Sure. So the book, you did what
1: is available worldwide. Best place to get it is probably Amazon. That's the easiest, but obviously you can also get it directly from my publishers at Watkins and uh, on my website, Tobalee.com. And I'm on all socials, uh, Toba underscore Lee on Instagram and TikTok. And then my thoughts about stuff on Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, Please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.